Ahoy there! Welcome back to the Bible Pirate Advent Calendar. My name is Matt Valor and this is the final day, day 24. In Jerusalem, a young boy and his little sister run through the back streets in the east of the city. A jar rolls down some steps and breaks open as the boy's footsteps fade. Oops, he mutters. But his sister is catching him and he turns a corner and runs full pelt up the hill. Standing by the wall, talking with her friends, is their mother. Beyond her, he can see the large crowd gathering. Ezra has come to Jerusalem and will be speaking to all the people later today. The children's father is with the other leaders now. They are talking with Nehemiah. Their father is an important man. He commanded a whole team of men to rebuild the walls of the city. He told them about how the walls used to be broken. They had just lain in piles of rubble since the day that Nebuchadnezzar had made Jerusalem a ruin. But King Artaxerxes of Persia had made Nehemiah the governor of Yehud. It had a Persian name now. You could only call it Judah in secret. And Nehemiah had organised the rebuilding of the walls. Now their father was waiting with the other leaders and the governor, waiting to hear what Ezra the priest would say. There you are, their mother calls. Come over here and stay with me now. The city will get very crowded. I won, the boy shouts to his sister. Not fair, you had a head start, she replies, panting up behind him. They both turn and look down the hill over the city, their home. They both know so many of these streets, so many of the people here. It's hard to imagine Jerusalem broken. The city seems so full of life. The crowd grows hour by hour, and the expectation is high. Ezra is the most important of all the priests, approved by the king of Persia himself. His word is law. As the afternoon shadows grow, whispers start to move that Ezra has begun to speak. The leading men of the city are at the front and will hear him directly Everyone else will have to wait till the message is relayed back through the crowd. His words come in fits and spurts. Shame. Broken. Repent. The children listen, but do not understand. Suddenly, a gasp from their mother's mouth. A slow but steady wail from women all around them. Tears are flowing. Panic is rising. The crowd is angry, restless. Soldiers appear. Fear overtakes them like a flood. Memory goes blank. Their father kisses their heads, each in turn. He cannot look at his wife. Then they are gone.
and he is left with the other men of the city. Yahweh is jealous, Ezra calls to the crowd. He wants Israel all to himself. You broke faith with Yahweh when you married your foreign wives. You contaminated Israel. Do not grieve for your wives or your children. They are gone into the desert. They will never set foot here again. They are dead to you. Turn your hearts to Yahweh. Fear him. You are a people set apart from all the others. The men bowed low, low enough to feel the ground pressing on their foreheads. This was their land. They would protect it at all costs. Otherwise the earth might swallow them up like the terrifying chasm of grief and guilt that threatened to consume them. For Israel, for Yahweh, they intoned. Exile is a trauma from which no one ever fully recovers. To be taken forcibly from your home and marched for days, weeks, even months through thirsty heat and bitter cold and finally to arrive in a land where you will never belong, where your family, your culture, your identity will be slowly and surely erased. Exile leaves scars. And even when exile is over, if you can return to the land of your mothers, of your fathers, can you really remember who you were? What is important to you? How you should live? Liberated from slavery in Egypt and returning to the promised land, that is what a return from exile could be. But even those in Jerusalem, with the temple rebuilt and Yahweh home again, are struggling to shake the legacy of their painful experience. It is possible to be home and still be exiled from yourself. Eventually, Persia fell to the new western power of Alexander the Great. His successors divided up his kingdom into four, but these all finally fell to Rome. Yehud had become Judea, a Roman province, where those who insisted they would worship Yahweh refused to bow to the Roman gods. But the people of Israel were not just in Jerusalem. They were not just in Judea. They had become scattered across the world. Would they be gathered? Would they find their way home? Would home even exist if they got there? On the day that Yahweh of the Elohim made the earth and the heavens, when no plant or herb had yet grown, Yahweh of the Elohim formed Adam, the earth creature, from the dust and breathed life 
into its nose. Yahweh of the Elohim planted a garden in Eden in the east and placed the Adam there. He also grew many trees in the garden, trees of beauty and fruit, and in the centre the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yahweh of the Elohim appointed the Adam as a gardener and said, All the fruit of these trees is yours to eat, except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat that fruit, you will die the same day. Then he said, It is not good that this Adam is alone. I will make it a partner. So Yahweh of the Elohim put the Adam into a deep sleep, took a piece from its side and closed up the wound. And with that side of the Adam, Yahweh of the Elohim created a woman and brought her to the Adam. Both the Adam and woman were naked, but neither were ashamed. The snake was more cunning than all the other animals that Yahweh of the Elohim had made, so he asked the woman, Did Elohim say you could eat from any of the trees of this garden? We can eat the fruit from any of the trees, she replied, except for the fruit of the tree in the centre of the garden. Elohim told us, if we touch it, we will die. But the snake said to the woman, You won't die. Elohim knows that if you eat that fruit, your eyes will open, and you will be like them, knowing good and evil. When the fruit of that tree was ripe, the woman wanted to eat it and be wise. So she did, and gave some to the man who was with her, and he ate it too. Then their eyes were both opened, and they realised they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. They could hear the sound of Yahweh of the Elohim walking through the garden in the cool evening breeze. So the man and the woman hid among the trees. But Yahweh of the Elohim called to the Adam, Where are you? And they replied, We heard you walking in the garden and were afraid because we were naked, so we hid told you that you were naked? Have you eaten the fruit from the forbidden tree? The Adam replied, You gave me the woman, she gave me the fruit. How have you done this? Yahweh of the Elohim asked the woman. The snake awakened me, she replied. Then Yahweh of the Elohim said, Look, the Adam have become like us, knowing good and evil. Soon they might reach out and take from the tree of life and live forever. 
So Yahweh of the Elohim sent the Adam away from the garden in Eden to work the ground, the Adama, from which they were taken. Within the mountains and the rivers, within trees and of the stars, the shadow of El, the lost origin of the Elohim, can be heard wandering, singing forgotten songs, dreaming of a time unknown, the ancient spell cast over the world that threatens the order of the gods and their cities and their gardens. Quietly, out of sight, with candles lit in the growing darkness, whispered incantations gather and weave their words within the world. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. L is with us. The longing call repeats. Perhaps one day we will be heard. <laughs>